0: So Happy New Year! We made it! We are here! I feel like it's been forever since we have been together, right? Did you guys have a good holiday season? I know I did. And let me just tell you, I feel like Christmas is so much more fun with kids. Like I know some of you probably have like siblings or cousins or nieces or nephews, and it just makes it so much more magical, right? But we actually have, like, different traditions in my husband's family, and it's super cool. All the guys wake up on Christmas morning, and they make breakfast. It's a good deal, right? And they clean up! <laughs> I mean, I feel like you can't ask for more than that. And then Grandpa goes, sits in his recliner, and, you know, kind of kicks his feet up, and he reads the Christmas story, which is great, and yes, all of this is actually before presents, so I know you're thinking, oh my gosh, if I'm a kid, I'm just dying to open my gifts and I have to wait for all of this, but it's so cool. Actually, my mother-in-law this year had all the kids dress up as Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and the wise men and kinda act it out, and I was like, oh, we're definitely doing this until my son is 18 and he leaves the house. Like, if he wants his gifts, he's gotta perform as a shepherd or a wise man, because this is just fantastic. But man, did we need some Christmas, right? Didn't we need some hope after the year that we had? Am am I just the only one? (laughs) So I remember I actually put my tree out before Thanksgiving this year. I've never done that before. But after the year that we had, we needed some hope and maybe a lot of Christmas cookies too. But I remember I actually dragged my tree out of the attic and I was gonna go kinda like get it prepped up and to put the lights around it and I have to do this before my six-year-old son starts putting all the ornaments on it because that's just something I've learned I have to walk away. Like I can't watch him do it, (laughs) the perfectionist side of me. So I get the lights, and I'm just like stringing them around the tree, right? Making sure they get back really good. Anybody who has a mom's like, make sure you get them in deep to the tree. So I'm putting them in, and I'm like, you know what? We're going to have fun, and we're going to have joy, and we're going to have hope, and we're all just going to freaking get along and love each other, okay? (laughs) Like maybe I was a little cuckoo crazy, but I think a lot of you can identify with that towards the end of last year. But we all needed hope. We have been living In desperate times the world is in grave need of hope but where do we go to find it where do you find your hope church where has hope gone has hope been lost I want for you to know tonight that hope is not lost I want to silence the reckless, restless conversation that's probably plaguing a lot of our hearts and minds. As we kick off 2021, I want us to declare together that hope is here. That hope is here. And the story that I want to start us off in is found in Luke nineteen and where the story picks up. So Jesus, he's grown, he has his crew, and they're a wily bunch at that, which I love. But he's kind of been on a road trip for a while and he's performing miracle after miracle. Okay, like Jesus has pretty much you can call it been on a winning streak up until this point. And in Luke nineteen, thirty six through forty four, we pick up during what is now celebrated as Palm Sunday. And Jesus is making his triumphant entry into the city of Jerusalem. And this marks the beginning of what some of you may know is called Passion Week, where Jesus is making his march seemingly unbeknownst to everyone else. Even though it had been prophesied many years before that, he was making his way towards the cross. And we read as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. And when he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. But as he approached Jerusalem and he saw the city, he wept over it. He wept over it and said, if you even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace. Can I ask you, do you know what would bring you peace? Do you know what brings you peace? And Jesus goes on and he says, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you, hemming you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. It's so interesting like I've heard this story many times before I've seen it even acted out in what some churches call like a passion play and if you spent any time in the Catholic Church growing up like I did you always got to go home on Palm Sunday with a cute little cross made out of a palm branch right but recently these words stood out to me more than ever before when it says because you did not recognize the time Of God's coming to you. Can we recognize when God is coming? Do you know when hope shows up? Because I would propose to you that hope doesn't always look like what we think it's gonna look like when hope knocks at the door. My first point if you're taking notes tonight is that hope is not lost, but our hope has been misplaced. See, when we think of hope, we can think of a variety of things, but hope doesn't usually look like what we think it looks like, because for hope to actually come, there has to be some sort of circumstance in our life that's causing fear, or anger, or stress, or anxiety. Like, there has to be some sort of circumstance in our life that's causing hopelessness. The reason that we are even declaring that hope is here today is because of everything that is going on right now in our nation and in our world so we see Jesus and he's making his way from Jericho to Jerusalem he's making his way to the cross he has been healing people doing miracle after miracle and he is never wavering never wondering from the hope set before him and people are celebrating him They're waving palm branches to and fro. And in that day, the waving of palm branches was actually to signify a coming victory. And much like today, it was a time then of political and social and cultural unrest. The climate was extremely tense. The people were desperate for the rise of a new king, of a mighty ruler for it had been prophesied long ago. And in Isaiah chapter 9, it says that a child would be born, a son would be given to us, and that the government would rest on his shoulders, and its peace would never end. Remember, Jesus had been on a winning streak up until this point, right? And then there he comes, and he is making his way into the city, and he's actually, I don't know if you know the story, but he's on a donkey, and like that wasn't really like what happened like if you were a king or a ruler you were coming in on a war horse. But the people were like, "Okay, Jesus, like not exactly what I would have chosen, but we'll roll with it because of the hope that we are wanting, of the outcome that we are expecting." The people who even professed to know God were not preparing for a crucifixion at all. They were praising him for their hopes were in a takeover and a forceful one at that. But I just wonder if at times, do we misdiagnose hope? Like, that's it, that is hope, and it's not hope. Or that, yes, that is peace, and it's not peace at all. And maybe you're like me, And if you're not, maybe you know someone like this. But for me actually sharing this story with you, I am actually admitting to my husband that he is right most of the time. But I often see people or recognize them for someone that they're not. Okay, Like I am very quick to misrecognize actors in movies as someone else or a celebrity on TV as a different celebrity. But even in person, I remember once we were in the airport, and we were in Starbucks, and we were standing behind a guy, and I was kind of like side-eyeing him, and I think he was kind of like, you know, like, why is this chick looking at me? <laughs> and I turn, and I, I point on my husband, and I poke, and I'm like, babe, that's Monster Mike. He's like, babe, that's not Monster Mike. Please don't ask him if he's Monster Mike. No. <laughs> but I really think it is. And if it is Monster Mike, like I have to get a picture with him. And if, if I get a picture with him, then I'm going to be like the coolest mom ever. And if you don't know who Monster Mike is, he's a pretty cool fishing personality. He has his own YouTube channel. He has his own merch. But I'm looking at him and I'm like, ah, it's him. He's like, mm, no. And I'm like, Okay, so I'm kind of starting to doubt myself and the guy's kind of starting to get a little bit creeped out because I keep staring at it and I'm like, you know, I'm just going to take my phone out because I do follow Monster Mike on Instagram and I'm going to look and just kind of like see, right? I got to remember what his face looked like. So I take it out, scroll, 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 find his picture and I'm like, do that thing where you, you look at him, you look at the phone, you look at them, you look at and I'm like, oh man, (laughs) you know what? Maybe it's not. (laughs) but I thought that he was something that he wasn't. But then there was this time in Walmart, and my husband will literally never let me live this one down, but I was just like minding my own business, I was in the automotive department, not fun, and like any good, loyal UF fan, predominantly because I have to, because I married into it, I get kind of irritated when this like really tall, really big dude like comes traipsing down the automotive aisle in his big shirt that says, I'm like, ugh, here we go. And I was mainly irritated because we had actually just lost to them like the night before. But he's making his way over and he's getting way too close and in my bubble, you know, where he's looking is where I'm looking. I get what I need, go and turn, walk beside him, making my way down the aisle. And with all of the petty (laughs) that I could muster up, I was like, "Mm, go Gators. (laughs) He was just like, looked at me weird. And so I'm just like making my way down the aisle. I feel really good about myself, okay? And like I turn the corner, and just as I turn the corner, there are two people that are whispering, and they're like, "That's Derek Brooks." I'm like, "Who's Derek Brooks?" <laughs> I still don't take back what I said. So I go home and I'm telling my husband about this story, and he's like, <laughs> please don't tell me <laughs> the guy you were talking to was Derek Brooks. Who's Derek Brooks?" He was only like a two time All-American for FSU. He was an NFL Hall of Famer for the Bucks. And he won the Defensive Player of the Year multiple times in a year. And he was actually like a co-owner of the Tampa Bay Storm. So this guy was a pretty big deal. And I'm like, well, this is awkward. <laughs> But this is the moment I had been hoping for, like this was finally going to be my celebrity sighting moment because I am totally one of those people. I'm always looking for celebrities or those influencers in the wild. This is gonna be my moment and he was right in front of me and I didn't even recognize him. I think we have a problem in our world of misdiagnosing hope sometimes we see things and we're so quick again to be like yes that is it that is hope and it is not or we are like no that is definitely not hope but I want us to help us I want to help us with our accurate identification of hope tonight because I believe that 2020 has been a year of illumination 2020 it's true it's real I believe that God has been using the circumstances around us, all of it, as an invitation, as an opportunity for us to recognize what hope is not. I believe as I've been praying over this message for the last couple of months, but especially over the last few weeks, I've been asking God, God, what is your word for the church right now? And it's become even more evident in the last couple of weeks that for so many believers, that we have mistaken hope for something that it is not. That's hope. That's peace. So where is hope? Hope is not lost. but hope is doing a new thing back in isaiah after the coming birth of jesus was prophesied in chapter 48 verse 18 god went on to say but forget the former things do not dwell on the past because see i am doing a new thing so when we read in luke that jesus was making his way into jerusalem as a triumphant king and they were exalting him and worshiping him we see that hope is not going to be what they wanted it to be. Or that which they thought it was going to be. In 2020 church, I believe that God is still doing a new thing. I know what your parents are saying. I know what your boss is saying. I know what the news and culture is saying. I know what your auntie and your uncle are saying on Facebook. But let me be clear. God is not surprised by any of it. He did not cause our circumstances, but he does want to use them to do a new thing. And in verse 19 in Isaiah, it continues, now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Do you not recognize it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Do you know it's really hard to see That hope is here when we always think hope is there. Our hearts crave a savior. And that's okay. That's the way that God created us. But the Jewish people, as they were waving their palm branches in the air, as they shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Which actually translates to, I beg you to save us. Please deliver us. But much like the Jewish people then, we too are so quick to rush past him to worship the idols of our own making. Our hearts can be so divided, church. How quick we, quickly we can be to hand over our identity at the feet of our own selfish desires. I believe in 2020, That hope has been doing a new thing and that new thing is that we have been forced to recognize the division that's in our hearts see it's easy to recognize confusion right it's easy to recognize the hate and the anger and all of the chaos but my greatest fear is that we would not recognize the hope that was the hope that is and the hope that is still to come Because when our hearts are divided, our hope will always be easily misplaced. So how can we find hope? And my last point is this, that hope is not lost, but hope does require an undivided heart. Our hope does require an undivided heart. See, in the book of Ezekiel, you can read an all-too-familiar-sounding story, God's people and how they had been scattered. They were living in exile. They were distanced from each other. They were unable for a time to come together and worship at the tabernacle. They were unable to kind of do business as usual so you could see why they started to feel distant from each other, from God, feeling isolated and alone. And in chapter 11, 16, It says although I sent them far away among the nations and scattered them among the countries yet for a little while I have been a sanctuary for them in these places where they have been scattered see in spring of last year it was wild how fast we were scattered right like that's the only word that really comes to mind is it was wild how fast we became isolated, like all over the world. Like, we've never seen anything like this before in our generation. Our routines are uprooted, a lot of our plans were canceled, or you know, we had to change plans and move stuff around. And I remember when we first started services online, you guys remember that? <laughs> and we would watch worship on a screen on the weekends And I remember the one time that I had to teach to a camera, and it was the weirdest thing. I was thinking, this is so strange. But man, I am so grateful that we serve a God who is not limited by time or space or the walls. That this is not the church that you are the church and wherever you are, that he is there with you. Because the truth is that you can have an encounter with him in your living room. You can have an encounter with him when you're driving your car or when you're on a Zoom call. Who even knew the word Zoom before last year? You can encounter him wherever you are, even in those moments where you feel isolated and alone. And God extended his hand of grace to his people in their most desperate hour. And you know what he says? I will be your sanctuary. He says, I am not bound. I am your God. And where you are, I am too. And in chapter 11, verse 19, he goes on to say, and I will give them an undivided heart. So in twenty twenty. I don't know about you, but it took me several weeks, um, even a couple of months really, to kind of wrap my head around all of the chaos and really my loss of control. So I did what any normal person does when we feel like we're losing control. What do we do? We replace that (laughs) with something else so that we can feel in control over that. So in 2020, I was like, you know what? We're gonna do a lot of home renovations around here. This is the time that we're gonna do some projects that we've been needing to do for a while. And if you didn't know, home renovations were actually up like 60% last year. So our friends at Home Depot and Lowe's and Amazon, like our boys were not hurting. And some of you kind of tensed up when I said the word Amazon, because you're like, she knows. She's seen my shopping cart. (laughs) No, I haven't. But we got some stuff done around the house, and then in the fall, if you have Netflix, the home edit show came out. And we were like, yes, this is gonna be the year when we get organized. And I'm gonna go out, and I was so proud of myself. I found like the coolest storage boxes and containers and compartments that had compartments in them. And I was like, this is gonna be fantastic. All this control I have. So what did I do? I took Hal's undershirts and I'm like, the light ones go here, the dark ones go here. And then I took his socks and I'm like, the long ones go here, the short ones go here. And ladies, my makeup drawer, pull it out. I have 10 different compartments in my makeup drawer, separating everything beautifully. I can take out what I need. I can leave what I don't want. And then I can put it all back when I don't want to. And it just, just stays all like nice and pretty and perfect. And it is so fantastic. I loved it. But make no mistake. We cannot just take the attributes of God that we like. We can't just take the attributes of God that we like and those that we don't and leave those behind like, ooh, I like that. I identify with that. I, I'm going to take that one. Or, you know, I, I like this one, but yeah, I don't really like what it says after, so I'm just going like, to leave that one in there. We make the mistake of limiting God by our emphasis and our attempts to contain him for our own understanding, or worse, our own agenda. Our Hope Church is in all that he is. I've seen a lot of posts and comments on social media saying, this is not us, America. Oh, but it is. We have just been exposed. And the division in our hearts will always deceive us into placing our hope in anything but Christ alone. That's the enemy's game plan. While his strategies may vary, the war has always been for your divided heart. In the hopes that we would end up creating and worshiping idols that ultimately allow us to worship images of ourselves. Of our own selfish wants or desires. Picking and choosing who we want God to be. The enemy aims to divide your heart by means of doubt, discouragement, distortion, and distraction. Because if he can divide our hearts, he can divide our family, he can divide our friends and our nation, our churches, in our allegiance to place our hope in God in God alone. Our hope is not in our nation. Let me be clear. Our hope is not in our government, and our hope is not in the president who was, or the president who will be tomorrow. Our hope solely rests in God alone and in the purposes of God, which is to love him and to make him known, to love him and to love our neighbor well, period. (laughs) We come in here on Tuesdays and maybe you step foot into a church on the weekend. We say things around here like, let's be great. You wanna be great, serve. Or, hey, you belong here. Welcome home, fam. For there is more. God has more for your life. We say that generosity is our privilege. He gave, so we give. We sing songs like Waymaker and Reckless Love and Great Are Your Promises to Me. But what happens when we go home? What happens when we go home? Because that's the only real theology that matters. The division in our hearts is displayed in the difference between our professed theology and our practiced theology, because what we practice is what we believe. That's why we have to be oh so careful about the voices that we have speaking into our lives. Because if you listen to the wrong voices, you will ultimately end up drawing the wrong conclusions and idolizing a false savior. That's why we have to be oh so careful because God is not in the business of renovating our division in our hearts. He wants to completely recreate our hearts. He doesn't want to just put a band-aid on things. He wants to completely rebuild on earth as it is in heaven through his hearts, whose hope is focused solely on him. And we get to be a part of that. God is doing a new thing. But church, these are times in which we must choose daily to pursue God with undivided hearts. And how do we do that? You're like, Christy, give me something. We must trust in his promises. We must get in his presence, connect with his people, and pursue his purposes. And as I wrap up, I want to read one final verse together. It's in the book of Mark 8. It parallels the story in Luke. So as Jesus and his crew were making their way into the, the city of Jerusalem, For Jesus' triumphant entry, remember, he had just performed miracle after miracle, right? He was on a winning streak, and there was lots of talk going on around the city of, who is this dude anyways? Who is this guy? And so he turned to his disciples, and he's like, who do they say that I am? And the disciples replied and said, some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Elijah. Some say you're one of the prophets. But he turned to Peter and he says, Who do you say that I am? Can I ask you that tonight? Who do you say that he is? Who is hope to you? Where do you find your hope? Until this year, some of you have not practiced your professed theology a day in your life. Maybe you were dragged to church by your parent, or maybe you were dragged to your church by your parent or your caregiver, and what they professed on the weekend, they didn't really practice until their feet hit the church parking lot. So you had this constant wrestling on, who was God? Because not really having things line up. I don't know about you, but in 2021, if you professed to know Jesus, can we be done with the hype? I don't wanna be about the hype. I don't wanna waste my night on a Tuesday night on just hype. I don't think you do either. Let's be a people who hope. Let's be a people who hope and long to encounter God in our home and to see him experienced with our families. Let's be a people who long to bring the hope that we have to our neighbors, not just in our chairs on a Tuesday night, not just on a Sunday morning. Shout out to Saturday night service people, we see you. But for some of you, maybe before 2020, you never imagined that you would step foot in a church, like ever. But there was something inside of you this past year, something inside of you where you got down on your knees at home and you begged God. You said, God, you know what? I don't know if you can hear me i don't even know anything about you i don't even know if you see me because i don't feel like you do but you were desperate desperate for hope crying out to god saying god if you are real if you really are who you say you are i need you you were desperate Who is hope to you? Who is God to you? Because the hope of your friends, the hope of your parents, it doesn't matter. Who is hope to you? Can we be done with the division that's in our hearts? Can we choose to pursue God with undivided hearts? Hope is not lost, hope is not lost. But this year, God has been illuminating the fact that we have division in our hearts and if we would just hand them over to him, if we would just surrender them to him and say, God, you know what? My expectations, my hopes, what I want hope to be, God, I give it to you. I surrender it to you and I allow you to unify my heart because you know what? If we could all pursue God with unified hearts, maybe he could unify his church.
1: And do you know what
0: the Bible says about a unified church? The gates of hell will not prevail and the hope that we have will shine so brightly across the world that everybody will have to stop and look and say that hope is here and his name is Jesus Christ.